This year, I am focused on saving and investing, but I still want to do things like travel. NerdWallet lets you compare top travel credit cards side-by-side to maximize your spending, some even offering 10 times points on your spending, which means you could end up with a free flight or maybe a better hotel room. So what could future you do with smarter financial decisions? Compare and find smarter credit cards, savings accounts, and more today at nerdwallet.com. NerdWallet. Finance smarter. Reminder, credit is subject to lender approval and terms apply. Eating processed food for every meal isn't healthy for people or for dogs. We all know that. And kibble is subject to multiple rounds of high heat processing, making it an ultra processed food. The farmer's dog is real, fresh, healthy food with whole meat and veggies gently cooked in human-grade kitchens to preserve their nutritional value. My dog, Barnaby, loves the farmer's dogs. When he sees me pulling one of those packets out, he comes running. It's personalized, vet-developed, and it has recipes for as little as $2 a day. Meals arrive in pre-portion, ready-to-serve packs, and they're conveniently delivered on whatever schedule works for me. Get 50% off your first box of fresh, healthy food at thefarmersdog.com slash happier. That's 50% off your first box at thefarmersdog.com slash happier. Hello and welcome to Happier, a podcast about how to boost happiness in our ordinary lives without spending a lot of extra time, energy, or money. This week, we'll talk about why and how you might exorcise 2020 And we'll give lots of terrific ideas from listeners about how to exercise 2020. And we'll talk about the challenge of getting yourself to stick to a schedule when working from home. This is especially aimed at obligers. I'm Gretchen Rubin, a writer who studies happiness, good habits, and human nature. I'm in New York City, and joining me today from L.A. is my sister, Elizabeth Kraft. And Elizabeth will also talk about a tech hack that I told you about that you're using. Yes, that's me, Elizabeth Kraft, a TV writer and producer living in Los Angeles. And yeah, Gretchen, my life is better because of this tech hack. Oh, good. Now, we have a bunch of updates before we launch into this episode. So first of all, if you are getting ready to give holiday gifts, and if you want a gift that will cost you nothing, that is very easy and fun, you can give the Gift of Podcast. Go to giftofpodcast.com, and you can fill out a little form that you can decorate and stick into someone's stocking. And what you do is it lets you fill out, like, I, Gretchen, give you, Elizabeth— in our time history, because I know you love history. And it also has directions on how to listen to a podcast if you're giving it to a person who doesn't know how to listen to a podcast. So in a way, you're giving someone a specific podcast, but of course, you don't have to pay for that, and they don't have to pay for that. And if they don't already listen to podcasts, you're giving them such a great gift because it's like getting premium cable for free. So go to giftofpodcast.com, and it'll give you two sheets that you can print out and decorate and give to somebody just so you have like a little certificate to give them. 
Yeah, Gretchen, you know, this is a great gift for teachers. Um, sometimes they are not allowed to accept gifts that have monetary value. So this is a way of giving them something they'll love that doesn't cost anything. Yeah, it's such a fun thing. Giftofpodcast.com. Also, we are coming up at the end of the year. Yes, 2021 is almost here. So we want to remind you to start thinking about your New Year's resolutions, your happiness project, your one-word theme for the year. We'll be talking about our one-word theme and review your 20 for 20 list. Maybe even in these weird times, there's something on that list that you can cross off at the last minute and start thinking about your 21 for 21 list. Next week, we will reveal how we did with 2020 and we've we've started putting together our own 21 for 21 list. So begin your wrap up of 2020 and begin to look ahead to 2021. Gretch, also, I want to remind everyone that if you are looking for a great gift, your books, Better Than Before and The Happiness Project, are perfect gifts for somebody who is looking to, uh, you know, spruce up their life. (laughs) As one does. Um, Well, thank you. And I have a gift for listeners. Chuck and I have been working on something. Now, you know, I'm working on a book about the five senses. And so I wanted to create something that had to do with the sense of hearing. Mm. And so I recorded an audio book for listeners for free. It is A Christmas Carol, Charles Dickens's timeless masterpiece. So Chuck and I have worked on that It's about three hours of listening. Um, It's really a novella, and it's divided into two episodes. So you can, if you want more information, you can check the show notes, and it will come out tomorrow and the day after tomorrow if you're listening to this live. And so I just wanted to give folks something for the holidays. And if you don't know uh, A Christmas Carol, it is the story of the elderly miser Ebenezer (laughs) Scrooge. It takes place on an icy Christmas evening in London, and Scrooge is visited by three spirits, the spirit of Christmas past, Christmas present, and Christmas yet to come. And it's what they show him and what the effect of these visits is on Scrooge's character. And I have to say, I love this story. It has the quality of myth. Mm. It reflects the Christian tradition from which Dickens writes, of course. And of course, it's 19th century background. It was written a long time ago. But I really think it resonates with people of all backgrounds and all faiths today because it's the big questions of like, Mm. how am I living my life? When I look back, what will I think? How have I changed for better or worse? What will I regret? And it's interesting with a story that's so familiar to look back at the original. I was going to say there are so many iterations of this story. (laughs) I don't know if I've ever read the original, so I can't wait to listen. Well, see, and that's exactly what I think, is that it's it's scarier than you think. It's Mm. funnier than you think. You know, if you've only seen the Muppet version, uh, (laughs) now go back to Charles Dickens. So that'll be in your feed as bonus episodes on uh, December 10th and 11th. Great. Happy listening. And now this week, our Try This at Home tip is to exorcise 2020. Now, we previewed this uh, a few weeks ago because we wanted to get listener suggestions for why and how we might exorcise 2020. To be clear, this is not exorcise 2020. (laughs) It's exorcise 2020. You want to explain what that means, Gretch? Yeah, I don't think it ever before have so many people (laughs) talked about wanting to get to the end of a year and start the new year. And of course, we all realize that there is no true magic in the calendar turning from 2020 to 2021. And we all want to recognize that there are good things that happened in 2020. And listeners had several reminders of that. But there is this sort of general feeling like, 
Okay, enough of 2020. So this is a ritual to help get it done and celebrate the end and to launch forward into the future with a little humor, you know, a sense of transition. So it's a way to just say goodbye to 2020 and all that it had to offer, good and bad. And Gretchen, I love this because we're always looking for whimsy, and this has a lot of whimsy potential. Yes, whimsy potential. (laughs) Um, Now, listen, have you thought about how you want to exercise 2020? Yes. So originally, Gretchen, when the um, COVID numbers were better, I thought I could have some moms over to our backyard and do a ritual because um, I thought my mom friends would enjoy doing this. Now that the numbers are so bad, that's out of the question. So I had to change it to just think about Jack and Adam um, and me, which is fine. So I have announced to them, and they have agreed, we are all on uh, New Year's Eve going to um, get some little scraps of paper and write down all the things that we didn't like in 2020 and then we're going to skewer the scraps of paper on our marshmallow skewers and sit around our fire pit and burn them. Oh, classic. Yes, a classic. We got a lot of listeners talking about burning various things. <laughs> That's why I said little scraps of paper. Yeah. Um, nothing that will, you know, cause any um, great damage here. But just burning up. 2020 around the fire pit. Using your fire pit. Yes. Well, we love the fire pit, so it's always nice to have a use for it. Gretchen, it's funny because when you first brought this up to me, you're like, how do you, how should you end 2020? My first thought was I should delete Postmates because Postmates (laughs) defines 2020 for me because I use it at least once, often twice a day. But of course, I have to keep it because I still need it. Okay. So that maybe that's further down the line. Yes. Is the the ecstatic deletion of the Postmate that? What are you going to do, Gretchen? So I mine is also kind of fire adjacent, which is sparklers. Mm. So every year at 4th of July, we have sparklers. I love sparklers. And you know how you can write in the air with sparklers? We did that when we were little a lot. Yeah. And I thought it'd be fun to write the things that we wanted to burn up or welcome um, with sparklers in the air. And there's just something so festive about sparklers. Interesting, when I, I want to order the sparklers, I wanted, you know, growing up in, in my adulthood, there's this classic sparkler with a with a American flag on the front. I wanted to get the classic sparklers, and I couldn't find them, and so I ended up buying wedding sparklers, because mm. it turns out people use sparklers a lot at weddings, and so they have wedding written um, <laughs> on the side in big letters, so I'll post a link to that in the show notes if anybody, that was the best sparklers <laughs> I could find. But I'm really looking forward to that. I think it will be fun. I know. I yeah. I love this idea. Yes. Okay. Well, let's hear what our listeners had to say because they had amazing ideas. Yeah. And as you said, several ideas involved fire or burning, both literally and metaphorically, and safely and responsibly, of course. Like, especially for you, Elizabeth, you like you live in a fire zone. It's yes. like, do not build a bonfire. Exactly. <laughs> with all the sweatpants and hoodies that you've been wearing nonstop and let it burn out of control. That is exactly. not good. So Kristen had a metaphoric use. She said, I'm going to bake dumpster fire cookies. Brown butter, kitchen sink cookies, you know, burn the butter, then throw in any other junk food into the mix. Just like 2020, these will be a mix of salty and sweet but at least the year will end deliciously. That's so fun. Yeah. Vanessa said, 2020 was certainly a year worth burning, maybe even early. So in October, my friends and I build an eight-foot cardboard Viking ship with Captain <laughs> COVID at the helm, 
filled it with the scourges of 2020 and a few fireworks, set it adrift in my pond, and shot flaming (laughs) arrows at it until it burned. Behold, the 2020 Viking ship funeral pyre. Why? I don't know where (laughs) Vanessa lives, but I'm guessing it's somewhere far out in the country. Yes. Uh, I keep thinking of that scene in Game of Thrones where they were trying (laughs) to light light it on fire. Wow, that is dramatic. Yes. And I give credit to anyone who can shoot flaming arrows because that I want to hear more about that. Um, I need video of this. Yes, video of that. But yes, do this responsibly. This is something that, uh, yeah, you'd have to be very careful about. Carrie said, I plan to send 2020 on its way with flying witch paper. Write it, light it, watch it fly away. Uh, We've talked about flying witch paper before. We We do this as a Christmas um, tradition in our family. And it is super fun and kind of dramatic and fun for the whole family. I will link to flying witch paper. Janae says, one way I have exercised a stressful period in my life is to have a fire pit and take out those old marshmallows you have from the past year's s'more stock, which we have so many of those. (laughs) I link a stressful memory to each marshmallow and throw it into the fire. It is very satisfying to watch it incinerate and help signify a release of the past stress. Yes, this is a ritual that is tied to release and to purification, which is so satisfying. Laura said, in Colombia, we burn an old year, Año Viejo, which is a character made up of old clothes everyone donates and newspapers inside. Sometimes we write a list of things we want to leave behind and burn it along with the Año Viejo character. Mm, I love that. Esther says, here in Australia, it'll be bushfire or wildfire season at New Year, so a ritual of burning something could be irresponsible or illegal. I'm inclined to write my goodbye to 2020 onto paper I can then shred and feed to my compost worms. (laughs) They might as well make something good of it. That is hilarious. Um, and then a lot of people did something concrete to signal the change that, you know, we're going we're going to have a transition. Uh, we're going to force a transition. <laughs> Emily said, I haven't been able to get my hair cut for more than a year. If it's safe to go to salons in late December, I'm getting 10 inches cut off and donating it to Locks of Love. Fresh start for me and helping someone else in need. Hello, 2021. Nice. And then Kalila said, I know it's small, but each year I change my background on Facebook. 2019 was this is my year. 2020 was just a photo of the numbers 2020. I'm going to get something very positive for 2021. (laughs) Yes. Lori said, at the end of 2019, I'd started the process to be a non-directed living kidney donor. This means I don't know the recipient. I thought I might be donating by midsummer. Little did any of us know what 2020 had in store. My initial evaluation was scheduled for April and due to COVID, pushed to June. Then there were more delays, but I was finally approved. Maybe getting rid of an organ doesn't seem like the most practical way to exercise 2020, but the sense of purpose I feel at helping someone I don't even know far overshadows anything 2020 has thrown at me this year. What a beautiful idea to do a non-directed kidney donation. My neighbor did that. Um, It is such a gift to somebody. Um, That is wonderful. Really great. Really great. 
Didi says, on New Year's Day 2020, a girlfriend and I got full body scrubs to wash away the old, and it was such a relaxing and reviving experience, we made a pact to start every year this way. I'm hopeful that we will be able to do so again, maybe wearing a mask, but it was a nice thing to do for ourselves, and the outer accountability to encourage each other might also help being an obliger myself. There you go, yes. I like that washing away. That's yes. very exorcising. Again, yeah, it's the lit. It's the literal translation. Yeah. Mimi said, I've been doing a lot of running during this time, so much that I ran the New York City Marathon virtually. Wow. It was my first full marathon in 19 years, and it was awesome. I need a new running goal, so to exorcise 2020, I'm going to do a 20-mile run in December. Then I'm going to get rid of my running shoes, buy new ones for 2021. So that's mm. a great way to out with the old and with the new. Yes. So, Gretchen, a lot of people emphasize that they didn't want to dismiss 2020 entirely, but wanted a ritual to help them hold on to its lessons, its benefits, and its good times. Yes. So, Kirsty said, despite all of the tragedy, sadness, and many other terrible adjectives we could use here, as a mother, the pandemic has provided us more time together as a family. This I do not want to forget. So while the rest can be gone, a 2020 photo album of the many moments we had together is a must. We had days that would have never otherwise happened, like the day I attempted to recreate Disney World in the living room, <laughs> or our talent show in full costume, or the many drives and hikes to pass the day. When I look back, these are the moments of 2020 I want to preserve and look back on. Well, that's nice. That is nice. And Amy puts this succinctly when she says, I'm calling my ritual Embrace 2020. So it's not exercise 2020, mm. it's embrace 2020. She writes, I want to acknowledge and honor what we all went through this year, all the deaths, the losses, the feeling of helplessness and hopelessness. I want to hold dear all the blessings and grace I received in 2020. I want to remember what I learned this year as I envision 2021. So I'll light incense, meditate, raise a glass, and write in a new journal on New Year's Eve. Nice. Nice. Maria said... There has been so much negativity this year, and so much of everyone's focus has been placed on what didn't happen, on what we lost, on what we didn't get, that my goal is to sit down on December 31st and write down something I am grateful for for every month of this crazy year. I want to start 2021 with a more positive attitude, grateful, and more focused on the past I've lived and survived than planning for an uncertain future. And here's a few more ideas. Joy writes, on New Year's Eve, we often wear new attire and hear mass. Afterwards, we eat good food and round fruits. Then we watch the neighborhood for fireworks and count down the New Year countdowns. We blow trumpets and bang pots. We help wash and clean despite our being tipsy. Then we all sleep. For 2020, we can light candles and pray for all those who suffered and died during the year. It's just like what we do for the faithful departed or dear dead. Yeah, that's a beautiful idea, Gretch. Yes. Marta says, I plan to thank 20 people who really have made this year more bearable. I want to send each of them a grateful note explaining the reason he, she has been important to me during this crazy year. And the first person is myself. I want to give <laughs> myself a big thank you because I feel I have had a great positivity and strength this year, and I've learned a lot about myself. Oh, gold star. Oh, yes, gold star, Marta. Now, and this may be my favorite of all the ideas. This comes from Diana. Diana's idea is to make a pinata. To decorate it, paint large numerals 2020 on it. 
Then write down or draw pictures of all the things you didn't like about 2020. All the family can participate in this. Paste everyone's contributions to decorate the piñata. Fill the inside with positive quotations, aphorisms, fortunes, all things that can inspire and give everyone hope for the upcoming year, as well as treats and little gifts for children. On New Year's Eve, take turns beating up 2020 and watch the piñata open up with all the happy things inside. I That's love that. Awesome. Whimsy. Yes. Physical manifestation of a transcendent idea. <laughs> yes. And exercise beating that piñata. <laughs> exercise while you exorcise. Yes. Uh, let us know if you do try this at home and how you plan to exorcise 2020 or embrace 2020. Uh, we still want to hear more great ideas. Let us know on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook. Drop us an email at podcast at GretchenRubin.com. Or as always, you can go to the show notes for this episode. This is happiercast.com slash 303 for everything related to this episode. Coming up, this tech-related happiness hack will help you sleep better. But first, this break. The weather's getting warmer, so it's time to say goodbye to jackets and sweaters and hello to shorts and tees. I wanted to update my wardrobe without spending a fortune, and luckily I found Quince. Elizabeth, I got the Flow Knit Wide Leg Pant. It's very light. It's perfect for the summer. It packs very easily. I recently went on a trip with my family, and I took it with me, and they were just the thing to wear on a really hot day where I wanted to be covered up, but I wanted something that looked great and also was very comfortable. And the best part, all Quince items are priced 50 to 80% less than similar brands. By partnering directly with top factories, Quince cuts the cost of the middleman and passes the savings on to us. Get warm weather ready with Quince. Go to Quince.com slash Gretchen for free shipping on your order and 365-day returns. That's Q-U-I-N-C-E dot com slash Gretchen to get free shipping and 365-day returns. Quince.com slash Gretchen. When you're hiring for your small business, you want to find quality professionals that are right for the role. That's why you have to check out LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn Jobs has the tools to help find the right professionals for your team faster and free. And, you know, Elizabeth, I now work with a team and hiring the right people is so important. It's maybe the most important thing. And LinkedIn makes the process of identifying and hiring people easy and intuitive. I know that when I've been hiring for my team, it's hard to find quality candidates to interview. And LinkedIn isn't just a job board. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. On LinkedIn, 86% of small businesses get a qualified candidate within 24 hours. Hire professionals like a professional on LinkedIn. Post your job for free at linkedin.com slash Gretchen. That's linkedin.com slash Gretchen to post your job for free. Terms and conditions apply. Okay, Gretchen, it is time for this week's happiness hack, which has helped both mom and me and you. Yes. So I figured this out, and then I told you and mom, and you've both adopted it. Um, I love it. I've made Jamie start doing it. Okay, so this is called the sleep timer function. If you use a smartphone, you, like me, may listen to things before you go to sleep at night. 
Or maybe you want to, but you don't want something playing all through the night. What I learned is that it's very simple in your podcast app to set a sleep timer. And so you can have it automatically turn off after 10 minutes, after 20 minutes, after 30 minutes. And so that way it doesn't keep playing all through the night. It just turns itself off. And this is very, very simple to do. And I really prefer to go to sleep listening to something. that I don't even really listen to it, but it somehow makes me, puts me in a sleepy frame of mind. It kind of helps me from like focusing on like, how long has it been since I lay down? Um, I really like to go to sleep that way. And this way, uh, it just cuts itself off. Yeah, Gretch, what I love is that I like listening to podcasts as I fall asleep, but then Adam will often come in a lot later and yeah. then they'd still be playing and then I'd have to wake up and turn it off yeah. for him. So this way it's already off by the time he comes in. Yeah. So how do people do this? Well, it's different depending on uh, which podcast app you use. So I won't bore everybody by going through all the different ones, <laughs> but I will post a link in the show notes. Again, this is happiercast.com slash 303, or you can probably just Google how to set a sleep timer in your podcast <laughs> app. And it's very, very simple. It's just that yes. it's slightly different on all the apps. And this is just a great way to have a little something to listen to before you go to sleep, but then have it turn off. And then what I do is like when I start listening again, I always know the part that I remember Right. So I just rewind it until I get to the part where I remember. So I love this hack, if I do say so myself. <laughs> Me too. It's, it's definitely improved my night's sleep. Now we're going to turn to a four tendencies tip. This is a question from Mackenzie related to being an obliger. And remember, um, we're talking about the four tendencies. So if you don't know your tendency, if you don't know if you're an upholder, a questioner, an obliger, or a rebel in my four tendencies personality framework, you can go to quiz.gretchenrubin.com, and it's quick, it's free, like 3.2 million people have taken this quiz. It will tell you what your tendency is, it will give you a little report, so you know. And so this is a question related to being an obliger, which, by the way, is the biggest tendency, and Elizabeth, it is your tendency. Yes. So Mackenzie asks, I'm a recent graduate entering a new fundraising position with a nonprofit where I will be largely setting my own hours and direction. Like many others, I have been experiencing some work-from-home woes in 2020 and would love your help with a specific aspect of working from home, setting my own schedule. In the past, I completed a remote internship in which I also had the freedom to set my own hours. I am an obliger, so this may not come as a surprise, but I struggled with sticking to a schedule. Despite having intended to wake up early, I would convince myself in my groggy early morning state that I could sleep for another half hour or even hour and start work later since my work frequently was not dependent on other people. In my upcoming position, I really want to stick to a set schedule so I can start and end my work at the same time each day. Do you have any tips or suggestions? Okay, so here's, here's the key thing for Mackenzie to keep in mind. Because she is an obliger, if she wants to meet inner expectations, which are her inner expectations for when she wants to start her day and when she wants to get work done, she has to create outer accountability. Now, this is the advantage of going into an office and working for a lot of obligers because there's the accountability of everybody else is going in at nine, I should be there at nine, or you know, my boss will notice if I'm not there, or people will look for me and it'll be inconvenient because I'm not there. 
So you need to create the outer accountability. It may be that talking with her coworkers and her boss, she can figure out a way to use the workplace to create outer accountability, even if she sort of technically can set her own hours. Like if she said something to her boss, something like, I'm just going to send you a text every morning when I start work so you'll know that I'm available. And then even if the boss doesn't require that, you would start to feel like, well, the boss is going to be looking for that text. And so maybe think about how the workplace itself could create outer accountability, even though you're not going into the workplace. Yeah, Gretchen, on that same note, you know, she could always, I'm sure she has a lot of calls in this job. She could always set a call for, you know, 9 a.m. on the dot. Yes. And then she'd have to be up and ready. Yeah, so if there's any kind of standing engagement that she has with work, she could set it so that she'd have to be up for it. But this one thing of wanting to get up on time is something that obligers often report, which is kind of like if you look at my book, The Four Tendencies, in the chapter on obligers, I have several examples because this is something, for whatever reason, obligers struggle (laughs) with. So at least you can say to yourself, I'm not alone in this. So here are some of my favorite things that obligers have done. So we heard from one obliger. And what was funny is this obliger actually was at one of our live shows. Melissa, do you remember this? So this obliger lived by himself, but he did have a dog who slept next to his bed all through the night. I believe uh, she was a golden retriever named Ginger. And so what he did was he changed the alarm on his phone to instead of like making, you know, crickets or siren or whatever you have, it was his own voice saying, Ginger, do you want to go for a walk? Ginger, do you want to go for a walk? And Ginger, every morning, would spring to her feet, jump on his chest and be like, heck yes, man, I'm ready. And so that would wake him up because having a golden retriever bouncing on your bed is going to get you out of bed. And plus, she was so excited, he couldn't say no. And so that was a way of creating outer accountability using a dog. We also had a listener who um, said she and her mother got up and read the Bible together and said a prayer. So she was accountable to her mother and God. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and she said how she'd been wanting to have this daily practice of reading Mm -hmm. the Bible every day. And she wanted to connect more with her mother. And her mother also wanted to get up early. And so it was like, you know, the quadruple win of accountability and doing that daily reading and prayer. Another person used a social media. And so she set up a very embarrassing post to go up automatically every day on social media unless she got up to disable it. That got her out of bed for sure. So that is a way to use technology for uh, outer accountability, for getting you out of bed. You can also do something as simple as if you have a friend who also wants to get up at the same time, you can just text, good morning, I'm up. Good morning, I'm up every day. And that would work. Yes. But what you have to remember is that it has to be outer accountability. And obligers often are very different in what will make them feel accountable. So for instance, like if you go onto my website, you can get a don't break the chain chart where you like cross something off every day that you've done it. Some obligers will feel very accountable to a chart like that. It's almost like that itself becomes Mm. a form of outer accountability. But then for some obligers, they're like, oh, that's just me. If I'm not Mm. showing that to anybody, it doesn't count. And so some obligers have an almost imaginary sense of accountability. If I come to the end of the year and I realize that I haven't done something the way I want, I'm going to be very disappointed. They almost feel uh, accountable to that, whereas other obligers really need to feel accountable to an actual person. So one of the things is to really pay attention to what works for you and what doesn't, because the same tools don't always work for, the, for different obligers. 
Yes. And we'll just say, Mackenzie, you're now accountable to us. You have to get up for your job and email us in a month and tell us how you're doing. Yes. We want to hear. So we're expecting (laughs) an update. We're waiting to hear from you. And then also, once you've done something, you're like, well, all of my coworkers are now relying on me to sort of work this way because everybody accommodates to everybody else's work practice. If you start that way, you'll probably feel a lot of pressure to keep it up. Yes. Good luck. Speaking of accountability, Gretchen, I have an accountability gold star coming up. But first, this break. If you've ever been in the market for a new home, you know home shopping can be a lot. There's so much you don't know and so much you need to know. What are the neighborhoods like? What are the schools like? Who is the agent who knows the listing or neighborhood best? And why can't all this information just be in one place? Well, now it is on homes.com. They've got everything you need to know about the listing itself, but even better. They've got comprehensive neighborhood guides and detailed reports about local schools. And their agent directory helps you see the agent's current listings and sales history. Homes.com collaboration tools make it easier than ever to share all this information with your family. It's a whole cul-de-sac of home shopping information all at your fingertips. Homes.com. We've done your homework. This message is sponsored by Greenlight. As your kids get older, some things about parenting get easier. They can dress themselves. They can clean up after themselves, allegedly. Other things don't, like having conversations about money. The fact is, kids won't really know how to manage their money unless they're actually in charge of it. That's where Greenlight can help. Greenlight is a debit card and money app made for families. Parents can send money to their kids and keep an eye on their kids' spending and saving, while kids and teens build money confidence and lifelong financial literacy skills. Yeah, Jack has green light. And one thing I love is that it includes a chores feature where you can set up one time or recurring chores and reward kids with allowance for a job well done. Gretchen, we used to mow the lawn. How much more motivated would we have been if we'd had funds deposited when we completed the hat chore? Mm-hmm. Sign up for Greenlight today and get your first month free when you go to greenlight.com slash happier. That's greenlight.com slash happier to try Greenlight for free. Greenlight.com slash happier. Okay, Gretchen, it is time for demerits and gold stars. And this week, it is your turn for a happiness demerit. So I'm an underbuyer. And so one of the things I don't like to do is I don't, I, I really hesitate to buy things that I'm always trying to get out of buying things. And so um, usually when we go to Kansas City for Christmas, I mean, in Kansas City, our mother has the most beautiful decorations. That yes. there, She's got trees. She's got poinsettias. She's got wreaths. She's got beautiful china. It's just, it's just Not beautiful. Not to mention all the Santas oh, ornaments. Oh, yes. Yeah. Gorgeous. Yeah. Christmas ornaments are a very big tradition in our family and Santa ornaments in particular. So I, we, of course we have our own decorations at home that we do, but I have to say I free ride quite a bit on uh, <laughs> the whole Kansas City situation. And one of the things that I don't do is I don't buy 
greenery or or flowers or anything like that because I'm like, oh, well, why would we buy any here in New York City when we're going to leave? We'll enjoy it in Kansas City. And so mom deals with it. Um, so this year, we are not going to Kansas City. We will be here in New York City enjoying a lovely Christmas at home. And I thought, I love the holiday scent of paper white Narcissus flowers, which I really associate with the holiday. But I keep walking by and not getting them. I even emailed mom saying, like, how far along? You know, these they, these come from a bulb. So I'm like, okay, well, maybe mm. I'm having analysis paralysis. I'm like, what stage should they be in when I buy them? I still haven't bought them. I mean, it's just, we might as well have them now and enjoy them throughout the whole holiday season. And I'm just not doing it. So I'm, I'm giving myself an official demerit because mm. I'm hoping that, as so often happens, it will inspire me to go to the flower shop around the corner mm. where they have these right there, right <laughs> where I walk by them all the time, and finally get one to put in our front hall. You're going to feel so much satisfaction every time you see it. Well, and every time I smell them, I love that smell. It's a very unusual, distinct, sharp smell. Not everybody likes that smell, mm. but I know it will make me happier, so I am going to do it. I pledge to you. All right. Now, what's your gold star, Elizabeth? All right, Gretchen. Well, speaking of obligers and accountability, I want to give a gold star to my friend Amanda, who also, I should mention, happens to be Chuck's wife, her <laughs> producer's <laughs> wife. Amanda texted me a while back and said, and I may have mentioned this on the podcast, but I haven't given her given her the official gold star. Yeah, she I think deserves. you did mention this, that you were starting this. Yeah, she texted me like, do you want to be my accountability buddy to do um, 10,000 steps? A day. And so wow. I said, I do because I want to do 10,000 steps. So what we do is every day we text each other when we hit 5,000 and when we hit 10,000. Ah. And it really works. Like the other night, I had like she texted me at, you know, like eight o'clock where she was. And I'd only gotten to 2,500 steps at mm. that point. So I went and got on the treadmill. There you go. At that moment. And I ended up getting to 10,000, even though it was like night. Yeah. So it really works. And I must say, doing the 5,000 first is key if you want to try this with a friend because it sort of gets you going. You know, uh, yeah. you, that person says five, and then you're like, oh boy, I better get on it, you know, right. and get some steps in. And we've really been doing it. Even on Thanksgiving, we were texting each other our steps. Also, what's nice is that it's a little like affirmation during the day because yeah. we'll give each other a thumbs up or a fist bump or a heart. And it's something we're doing together. So it's kind of like we're spending time together, even though we're not physically in yeah. the same spot. It connects us. Oh, so, so it's just great. So gold star to Amanda for making me her accountability buddy. Well, and gold star to both of you for doing it because you were doing walk 20 for 20. But yes. this is even this is a lot more. This is 10,000. Yes. So, oh, well, well done. Great idea. And it's great for obligers. As we said, it's yes. external accountability. And you're both know that if you don't do it, the other person might feel like they can slack off. So Exactly. And if we start slacking off, the whole thing will fall apart. Exactly. So for each other, we have to stay like daily on this. Well, this is what the motto of the obliger is. You can count on me and I'm counting on you to count on me. Because if you don't count on me, like right. you say, the whole thing falls apart. Wonderful. Yeah. This is great. So the resources for this week you can join the Happiness Project Experience 2021. We've been talking a lot about 
coming up onto 2021. If you've ever wanted to try a happiness project, you can join now for a discounted price of $225. Every month, you can ask me questions on our monthly live calls, connect with a community of people on the same journey, get SMS reminders. This is a new cool feature. And there are video lessons, bonus interviews, worksheets, everything you need to make 2021 your best year ever. You can join today at GretchenRubin.com slash T-H-P-E. That's GretchenRubin.com slash T-H-P-E. Also, if you want to win a signed personalized copy of my Happiness Project One Sentence Journal, you can enter by following my Instagram account at Gretchen Rubin. You like the giveaway post and comment on the post tagging three friends. If you win, I will send you a signed personalized journal. Now, this is open only to uh, U.S. readers. I'm sorry, because of mailing costs. Mm, Exciting. And that is it for this episode of Happier. Remember to try this at home. Exorcise 2020. Let us know if you tried it and if it worked for you. Thank you to our executive producer, Chuck Reed, and everyone at Cadence 13. Get in touch. Gretchen's on Twitter at Gretchen Rubin, and I'm at Elizabeth Craft. Our email address is podcast at GretchenRubin.com. And you know what I am going to say. If you like the show, please be sure to tell a friend. That is truly how people hear about our podcast. Give it to them as a gift of podcast. Yes. Go to giftofpodcast.com and write in Happier with Gretchen Rubin. Give it to a friend who you think will enjoy it. Or subscribe to us, rate us, review us in your favorite podcasting app. And you can listen to us with your sleep timer. We w- yes. Our feelings will not be hurt if you fall fast asleep while we are yes. talking. We would Nothing would please us more uh, to be the voices that lull you into slumber. Yes. Until next week, I'm Elizabeth Kraft. And I'm Gretchen Rubin. Thanks for joining us Onward and Upward. Gretchen, now that I'm thinking about it, I can't believe I've never actually read A Christmas Carol, given that I feel like it's something I've seen a million times. You know, I think it's one of those stories, it's like, Star Wars or Frankenstein or Dracula, like even if you haven't actually watched it or read it, you still feel like you know the characters and the basic story. But then when you go back to it, you realize why it's been so popular for so long because there's so much there. So it it was a delight to have a reason to to read it aloud. Well, I can't wait to listen. Not on the sleep timer. I'll I'll listen while I decorate. (laughs) Yeah. From the Onward Project.